Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, scream from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero don't need the same music. No one man should have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. One bleeds red. One bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Focused. I am focused. 
I am rededicated to my teams. I'm rededicated to what I need to do. I'm not talking like a country bumpkin anymore. We need to know what we need to do. And I hate sauerkraut is ready for you. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are talking about the Louisville Legends League, the the private league that uh, we've been in. Mike and I have been in for many many years now, uh, and we are also talking tonight about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. KFFSC dot com. Pharaoh Elliott will be our guest this evening. Uh, they've got a great uh, draft going on. We went last year, had a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of big names coming to the draft. It's mid stakes entry, uh, gets you into the high stakes prizes. Uh, that's kind of the goal. You know, you play your local leagues, you play the, the, the smaller dollar amounts, you jump up into the mid-level leagues, the $200, $300 leagues, you get yourself a chance at a seat uh, in Las Vegas where you're drafting amongst the very best in the industry, the Chad Schroeders uh, of the world, and you're playing for the chance at the 200000 maybe the $300,000, the the big money in, in Las Vegas. And so that's what it's all about. The KFFC, Farrell will be with us uh, tonight, and we'll talk about uh, those drafts coming up. Let's Let's get right to uh, some of the other things that we could be talking about, Mike. We're seeing uh, a lot in the preseason. We got the um, uh, Roy Helu monster broke out a little bit tonight for the Washington Redskins. Um, we've got uh, Lee Evans traded to Baltimore. Uh, you know, that uh, has to help out Anquan Bolden a lot. You know, you look at the receiver cast that they had last year with Anquan Bolden, Hushman Zahn, and Derek Mason. They're all kind of the same wide receiver. They needed some speed. They got the rookie in Torrey Smith. And now they're bringing in Lee Evans. I think this is a big move for Anquan Bolden. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I heard. Uh, I heard uh, Baltimore. Uh, they're talking about uh, this. Is it Ray Lewis? Is he? He's already sick. If he could, if he, if he can get another ring, this is it for him. Uh, so I really think that uh, Baltimore, uh, albeit it's a, a tough division with uh, Pittsburgh involved, but. Uh, you know, I, I I believe that this team is uh, they're firing on all cylinders. They know what they 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 know what they want to do, and uh, Baltimore is in it to win it, and that's all there is to it. Especially with that pickup, uh, Vontae Leach. I mean, that's going to be so huge for them and uh, Ray Rice and that whole offense. So uh, these guys, they're not messing around. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Baltimore make a huge run. We are going to be talking about the draft positions that we're seeing. Some of the players we talk about tonight on Red versus Blue so that you get an idea of where they're being drafted in live drafts as we speak because we know you have your drafts coming up. Anquan Bolden uh, was the, the, the topic of just the conversation here. We just had 4-9 and 5-7. Uh, so he, he's, he's somewhere right around that 4-5 turn area. If you want him in the fourth, you better get him. He's definitely not going to last through the fifth, especially as uh, the, the Lee Evans news starts to, to spread out and, and people will feel like that begins to help him uh, move up some of the draft boards a little bit. Uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. We're drafting live uh, next week. The big payback, uh, the baby BP, the big payback satellite, I believe that's next Friday night. Maybe it's maybe it's two Fridays from now. We'll have to check the schedule. Uh, but uh, you're welcome to call in and show and ask Farrell anything. Once he gets on the air, you can call us up. The chat room is the crew here at Red vs. Blue made up of some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. We stream live on iTunes Radio. Uh, you can always catch us on your iPod or your MP3 player. We stream live on fsc.fm. Thanks to Mark Ronick and the guys at thefantasysportschannel.com. And, uh, hey, we're just uh, trying to get you the action uh, any way you can get it over the weekend. But definitely check out Red vs. Blue every Friday night, 11 p.m. My good friend Cecil Lammy, Mike, told me about Jeremiah Johnson for the Denver Broncos. Cecil's always been talking about no Sean Moreno and that he, right. that he doesn't have the goods and he doesn't have what it takes to be a starting caliber running back in the National Football League. Tonight, Jeremiah Johnson gets his chance, and he looks pretty darn good. You've got to keep your eye on Jeremiah Johnson. Follow Cecil Lammy on Twitter. Uh, I did see a little bit of preseason action. I must admit, not a lot last night. I did catch some highlights, and I did watch just a little bit of the action at the San, in uh, San Diego. And I got to say this, Mike, we all know it already, but I'm going to say it anyway. Vincent Jackson is a beast. He's no longer a consideration in the third round. He is a must draft in the second round. This guy always looks good, and the way he looked against those Seattle corners. 
uh, it looked like he could just go up and get the ball anytime. He always looks like that, but th- th- that's why when All you right. see it in action, it's so much more real. It comes to the surface. You've got to take this guy before that three, two, three turn, or you're not going to get him. You know what? It was funny, uh, Scott. On the way home last night, uh, you know, I called you real quick. I said, "What'd you think? What'd you think? First NFL games, uh, preseason, whatnot, what have you?" And, you know, that was the first thing that came out of your mouth was, Vincent Jackson is a beast. You better get him real quick. Uh, so that that just goes to show you that uh, these guys are for real, too. And, uh, you know, San Diego, they, they've got uh, they got a lot of things to prove, especially throughout the course of regular season. They're tired of uh, creeping into uh, playoffs and things like that. They, they want to win them win themselves in the playoffs. So, Vincent uh, Jackson, along with uh, Phillip Rivers, I mean, that's a dynamic duo that, that you cannot beat. Um, I'd like to switch gears uh, for a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, talk about uh, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram and the New Orleans Saints, that team from the NFC side uh, is really starting to intrigue me. Uh, what do you think about uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Drew Brees, and that that whole team of uh, New Orleans? Well, they they have a lot of changes on the uh, uh, with the, with the ground game this year. You obviously talk about the departure of Reggie Bush, the injuries to Chris Ivory and to Pierre Thomas. There's not a lot left. They do bring in Darren Sproles, who looks like he can definitely fill the role of Reggie Bush. Uh, but you're talking about a team that that did bring in about uh, 200 and uh, with, with Liddell Betts and Julius Jones. You had all these names uh, last year that played for the Saints. You definitely have high touchdown potential there. You bring in a Mark Ingram from Alabama, and it just makes perfect sense. They paid a lot of money for this guy. They paid a high price in the draft. And you're talking about a 300, maybe 350 points uh, for the running back position in New Orleans. So it's a great place to be if you're a running back. When we look at the two drafts that we just recently did, uh, Mark Ingram went 5-4, and then right at the end of the fourth round, or at the end of the fifth round, 5-12, you're talking about a fifth-round running back that could make or break your season as yeah. a solid quality starter, uh, starting running back in the league. So five four and five twelve, I think I, I I would buy him most of the time. Now I had a chance at him in the fifth round at this recent Red versus Blue FPC draft the other night. You remember, and we talked about right. this extensively. And there was uh-huh. a certain wide receiver that I was very high on that I won't name right now, but he was there on the board at five nine. I'm sorry, at five eight, and I could not pass him up. But every ounce of being wanted me to take, I wanted to take. Mark Ingram there, and I passed him up, and he went to 5-12. The guy, uh, Chimeras, he had waited for his running back one until the fifth round. He he took Nix Fitzgerald. He started at the 12 hole. Nix Fitzgerald, Mike Williams at 3-12, which is a great value, came back with Vernon Davis. Remember, that's an FPC draft, one and a half points per reception. So he's sitting on three wide receivers and a tight end. He gets Mark Ingram at 5-12. That is one heck of a of a of a land there of a bag that he just gets at five twelve to uh you know build something out of his running back position. So Mark Ingram is one of those interesting players. If you can if you can get him in the fifth, you you have to think back to the you know the Adrian Peterson rookie year when when he was going you know late uh, in the draft like that, it coming in uh, in his rookie year, and so he's coming into a great situation, great offense. Drew Brees is going to get him in the red zone countless number of times, and by all accounts, it looks like they're going to continue to pound this guy through that offensive line, and, and, and he could have a uh, multiple, you know, 10 TD type season this year. Well, you know, and he's uh, he carries, uh, the way he carries the ball is just kind of like Roger Craig. I mean, he just, uh, the knees are high, you know, it's just, uh, knees are high, and it's just your left forearm, or your right forearm, straight toward the uh uh, the defensive back, and whether that's going to carry over into the NFL, I, I, we're not sure. We we don't know that. Uh, you know, it's funny to see that uh, Sean Green is going ahead of uh, Mark Ingram. Well, Sean Green's got a couple years, and I can understand that. And it's going to be very tough for Sean or for uh, Mark Ingram to show his his, his uh, stuff in the NFL. But I believe that. Uh, I believe if you're drafting that uh, you almost have to take uh, Mark Ingram ahead of Sean Green. I I can't believe I'm saying that, but you almost have to. 
What else are we seeing in, around the league tonight before we bring in our guest, Farrell Elliott, from the KFFSC? Pencil Matt Moore in as the starter. Bye-bye, Chad Henney. Matt Moore is the starter. I think it's pretty obvious just by looking at this guy compared to the other guys uh, that they've tried in Miami over the last 10 years. Uh, Matt Moore is, again, again another stopgap type of guy before they finally draft somebody, maybe um, an Andrew Luck or something might, uh, you know, it just seems like the, the, the Andrew Luck sweepstakes is already underway, that number one pick, and uh, it looks like Miami's all over because they desperately need a quarterback to turn that franchise around. Adam Froman, our good quarterback from Louisville, only one backup quarterback from Louisville's allowed on the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Froman. That's Chris Redman, and that's Matt Ryan's backup. So I like Adam Froman, but after seeing what he did tonight, it's not a big surprise that uh, he's not going to make it. Um, so, so you pretty, so you pretty much given uh, Chad Henney up for net. Basically, he's done. Yeah, there, I mean, you know, what, what what can I say here? He's not. He his his fan base has abandoned him. <laughs> you know, they're booing him in camp. It's uh, Matt Moore was brought in, and I think I, I think Matt Moore definitely has the goods to to supplant Chad Henney. I like Chad Henney. I don't I don't, I don't have anything against him. No. Uh, you've got to you've got to get Brandon Marshall the ball, and, and and that's what it comes down to. Whoever gets Brandon Marshall the ball will be the starter in Miami. Well, and I understand that, but uh, the fan base uh, shouldn't have anything to do with it. And I know it does uh, to you know a certain extent, but the fan base should not have a thing to do with it. It's uh, Chad Henney what what he has to do for that team, and can he perform? Has he performed? No. No, but can he perform? That's up to him. This year is his year to try to do it because Miami they they went ahead and uh, they they got a running back and and they they pretty much gave up on uh, Kyle Orton. So they said, "All right, Chad, this is your deal." So we're going to find out if Chad Henney is an NFL quarterback. Uh, I would say within the next or uh, within the first. Uh, Four or five weeks of the season, we're going to find out if Chad Henney is an NFL quarterback. Well, and that's that's why they brought Matt Moore in. He's a legitimate alternative to Chad Henney. And I saw Matt Moore throw a beautiful uh, throw to this Wallace kid. Uh, and he, he had nice zip on the ball, showed a little bit why the Dolphins decided to sign him. But then I saw him, he overthrew uh, a, a pass and it was and it was and it was well overthrown and, and Henny may have been able to uh, to make that pass. We'll just have to see. I think I think kind of what you said. Henny struggles a couple of weeks in the in the in the early part of the year. They're not gonna they're not gonna let the boo birds come out for long and they uh, they will make a move. There's not uh, there's not a loyalty uh, to Chad Henny that uh, that he deserves uh, as of yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. Right. Daniel Thomas, he's gonna he's gonna be be a big player in that uh, in that whole equation. I mean, if that if that kid can run and uh, get through the line uh, the way they uh, the way they expect him to, then that's gonna free up Chad Henney. So you never know. We're gonna bring in our guest for the evening, Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Farrell, how you doing, man? Good evening, fellas. I'm doing quite. I'm doing very well. I was uh, listening to New Orleans and San Francisco over the radio, and that one almost put me to sleep. So I was glad to call you guys and get some healthy conversation to get me back in shape. <laughs> we got to you just in time, all right? Hi, Mike. How are you, brother? Pretty good. How you doing, brother? Oh, couldn't be better. Looking forward to seeing you in two weeks. Well, I look forward to it. Listen, I was just talking to a friend of mine, Ryan McDowell, who's a board member at the Fantasy Players Association. He's heavily involved in fantasy football, not at the high-stakes level, but a big player. He's a, co- a commissioner of many leagues. He lives right right outside of Louisville. I told he asked he he messaged me right before the show, Farrell, and he said, "What who's what's on the plate for tonight?" I told him Farrell Elliott from the KFFSC. He said, "I said the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship." He said, "Never heard of it." So. Mm. Talk about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. How long this has been going on? How you got involved? And let people know that may not, uh, you know, have heard of the KFFSC. What this thing's all about? A friend of yours that has not heard of our league. I'm going to have to take that to the source, Mr. Atkins. But I'll <laughs> tell him and all our other listeners about it right now. This is our ninth year. Uh, we started. Uh, nine years ago with 24 teams. Last year we had 144 teams, and I'm proud to say in that number 
was uh, the uh, the team of Rachel Heron and Mike Trent, and then Scott Atkins came in with a very good team. And you guys, I enjoyed having you last year, and you're coming back, and that's a good sign. Most of our players do come back. We're adding rookies at a big number. Our grand prize is $5,000, and we're trying to stretch out to 168 teams to take our grand prize to $7,500. We play a BPR 12-team division, 11-week regular season with $1,600 in winnings in the division. And I know we have a prize that both you guys are gunning for, our top five this year. Our top five finishers at the end of the playoffs will all earn a bid to play in the Fantasy Football Players Championship in Las Vegas in 2012. So we've got a great set of prizes. We're the only place where you can come in and pay $300 for a team, finishing the top five, and this time next year you'll be preparing to take a run at $200,000 or more in prize money in Las Vegas. And that's pretty much the overview of our league. Now, there's a couple of nice twists, Farrell. Great rundown. Nine years, it's, uh, it is a growing contest, a growing brand, bringing in some of the bigger names in the industry, so that, that definitely gets a little bit of the blood pump. But people want to draft with the best. But you have... You guys you are talking a, about Rachel now, right? That's right, Rachel. Rachel okay. Ruby, Ruby R. <laughs> she, she'll be there tomorrow in the Louisville Legends League drafting uh, right oh, outside yeah. of Horseshoe Casino. We're just right down the road. But you've got a couple well, you know, of interesting we, twists, man. I want to I ask you about the, the interesting twist that you have in this league, the 3RR and the bid for the draft slots. Talk about the, the reasons why you have those involved in the contest. The third-round reversal came about uh, as, as a tool to deal with the Ladanian Tomlinson issue. He was such a point producer. We, we've kept it in the league because people enjoy deciding where they're going to be, they want to be at the start of the draft, or they want to be at the end of the draft. It has kept value through all our draft slots. And the reason we'd like to have value to those draft slots is we start with $1,000 mythical fantasy free agent money, and that is the money to get you through the season with. However, we're going to give you the opportunity. We're not going to tell you where to draft. We're going to give you the opportunity to bid for the draft spots you want. And depending on uh, your fellow players in your 12-team division, you might have to bid uh, as much as half, if not more, of that free agency money. Uh, You might possibly sneak in with only bidding the minimum, which is $10. So it's a real great competitive way to get your blood flowing, to to get the draft started. But the most important thing is, no one's going to arbitrarily pull a number out of the hat and say, okay, Scott, you've got a draft six, and Mike, you've got a draft ninth. If you don't like the players that pair up to those numbers, you're already starting out in a, in, a, in a poor position. We want you to come into our league, decide where you want to draft, pick the players accordingly, and go for it. You know what? And you know, I, I really loved that last year. Uh, that was <clears throat> Uh, that was pretty new to me, uh, but I saw a lot of high bids going off the board. I mean, real quick. I mean, they were pretty much using uh, a lot of their uh, blind bidding money just so they could get a one, two, three pick, or uh, so on and so forth. So it, it was it, it puts a different twist to it. Mike, if you're in love with a certain player and you know. Uh... Uh, perhaps you know that you want to have the first receiver off the board and you you want Andre Johnson and you figure he's going at five and maybe you bid for four to take him. And then the guy the guy at five uh, might slide in behind you and, and pick up a running back that he would have otherwise had to take at four. It just depends what the divisional makeup is. You know, we had some guys last year, God bless them, they took Randy Moss in the first round and he was uh, – you know, that held, Scott, when we were out in Las Vegas. Uh, teams were still taking Randy Moss in the first round. That was and, me. Uh, obviously their year. Did you really? That was me in Kentucky. Well, my goodness. Yeah. You, did you take him? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, brother. But, you know, uh, it, it just you, – you've got to you've got to find the player you want, not only in the first round, but how that pick develops through the draft. And I think, you know – before I joined you guys, you were talking about Mark Ingram, and you talk about a wonderful value in the fifth round. I see that player 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns this year. He had a nice run against the Niners tonight from about 15 yards out for a touchdown. 
I really like that player and agree with everything you guys have to say about it. I think I think a lot of people would like to to hear your thoughts, Pharaoh, on uh, the industry as a whole. We've had a lot of turmoil going on, and and so. I think a lot of people need to hear about you and who you are, your background a little bit, because you know these days and age, three hundred dollars might not be a ton of money, but it's still a lot of money. And so we want to make sure that we're we're putting it in the hands of people that we can know and trust. So I think a little bit of uh, just getting to know you a little bit is is definitely helpful to to those here in the community that want to make sure that their 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 money is safe. Very good. That's that's a very good point. And you know our experience in nine years is is a testimony to what we've done. Now, when I got involved with this business um, four years ago when I purchased it from a fellow by the name of Rick Mabry, a wonderful guy who started the league, I wanted to take it in a different direction. Rick had tired of the time that he had to put into the league, uh, developing it as a a local league. And I I took a different tact with it. Uh, I modeled it somewhat off, a uh, very popular poker concept in that the reason people want to play a lot of poker and the reason, or perhaps even the reason, you know, people play a lot of golf, pro-ams and things like that, they want to compete against the best. And that was my idea, not only to bring the best locally to the table, but to bring guys that I knew as, as top fantasy players from around the country. And another thing that struck me as as my experience as a high-stakes player in Las Vegas, I found our players here in Kentucky to be just as good, if not better. And and so I, I enjoy my experience in Las Vegas. I enjoyed my experience here. I had to really – the highest I ever finished in our own league was fourth, and then I had to retire because as commissioner I can't play in it. So it's a, it was a situation of uh, – it was a situation of, of saying, let me bring people from around the country into Kentucky and let me get set away that that guys who participate here can go to Las Vegas and experience uh, playing in high-stakes fantasy football. They may not ever be inclined to spend 1500 to $2,000 for a high-stakes entry, but if they win their way out there, they're going to do it. This year we're sending eight. They'll be getting their draft slots tomorrow. Uh, two of the guys deferred until next year. My background, fellas, you know, when Mike joined us uh, at the after-draft party last year, we talked a, a little bit about what we've done. I've been an NFL player agent since I walked off the college campus, and I found it very intriguing because I've been a certified player agent in, uh, well, now for 27 years. Um uh, when I uh, when I came out of uh, one of the first players I ever recruited uh, in in professional football was uh, John Elway's tight end, a player named Chris Rose, who played in the league for four years, and uh, I was always thrilled that I beat out I beat out Elway's agent for him, and uh, and signed him, and 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 off we went at 23 years old as a player agent, but. Um, being a member of that players association, I know what an association can accomplish looking out for the benefits of its members. And I, I believe what you're trying to do, Scott, is keep the eye uh, on organizations that are working within fantasy sports to make sure that they're responsive to the customers. And that's what we're trying to do here. I, I can't be if a player wants to have an easy time uh, competing, if a player likes to win every year, if a player uh, likes simple, basic rules, then we're not the league for him. If, if a player wants to compete and wants to experience something at its highest level, then, then they're knocking on our door and it's the right door for them to be knocking on. So that was my motivation in getting the league. Uh, to the point that that I have it in now, and and I've enjoyed it. Now, it it takes a great deal of time, and it takes a a real commitment. It it takes – I have a a lot of help to bring it together. The players in the league have continued to uh, refer players to us. That's why, Mr. Atkins, I'm – very, very concerned that this friend of yours just found out about our league. But we'll we'll cover that later. 
we incentivized the uh, we incentivized the process for players to to refer people to us. Uh, they get us. They get a small credit to use uh, on their entry fees uh, for the following year. So, you know, I could talk about my league all night, but perhaps you guys have some uh, directed questions about it. Honestly, Farrell, uh, you know, that was a perfect uh, summation. And, uh, you know, I love the league. Uh, last year was my first year in it. Uh, obviously, Rachel and I, we, we absolutely love it, and we're going to uh, – We've got uh, we've got a couple others that uh, would love to come on board, and uh, as long as uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, everything's legit, and it looks it looks like everything's looking like it's going to be a fun deal. And like I told you on the phone, you you nailed uh, Horseshoe, and that was a good deal. The Horseshoe Casino is a great place for our event, and they wanted our event. They had to balance it out with, you know, gaming issues, and that's why we came to the agreement. I said, well, there's no there's no need for us to be involved in financial transactions under your roof. We can take care of our business long before we get there, and that closed the deal. You know, uh, it, it's a situation where we wanted to give the players that come uh they come here from out of town to have plenty to do. Last year we added a Saturday night event, which became very popular. That event's already grown. We have four divisions for Saturday night and uh, hopefully pushing out towards five uh, to five. On Sunday we're, we're hoping to get ten divisions. Uh, we're probably at about eight right now. And it, it's just a situation where, if we can get to 168, we can make it legitimate in moving that prize to to $7,500. You know, and I, I know that you guys put a lot of time uh, as well into uh, fantasy football. I, I've been very surprised to find that fantasy football has made me a better sports agent. I, I really didn't... Uh, expect that to be a derivative of it, but I, I learned a lot about, you know, guys, when you're watching the games and, and certain performances stick with you and you understand the statistics of it because you're watching it from a from a fantasy uh, point. And, and I, you know, I was with, uh, a few weeks ago, I was with Jerome Harrison and I was able to quote a couple games that he had that I would have had no idea of, of the performances that he had, but because I have fantasy football and, and watching the statistical aspect, I said, yeah, you know, you caught five passes on that day. And he looked at me like I was from Mars, you know, he goes, really? I did. And, and that's been a, a cool aspect of it. And it's, uh, it's like anything when you love what you do, you, you can invest in it and you hope people come and, and and enjoy it and it's infectious and they really carry forward with it. And that's you know, well, Scott, what you're you know, what you're alluding to in your question about what's going on, you know, we in in trying to deliver more prize and more value to our players, we made a uh, arrangement with the world championship of fantasy football to accommodate uh, our players. Uh they did so. Uh, we we put ten players in Las Vegas leagues last year, and I'm happy to say that one uh, Justin McCord, who who won money in the league, quite recently got a check from the World Championship. It does not appear that the World Championship is going to continue uh, this year, and it, we uh, you know the players listened to me as we tried to guide through this and give them time to to put their house in order. At, at this point in time, we've moved our players to the FFPC. Uh, that's uh, one of the principal owners, Dave Gerzak, is a longtime player in our league. And Dave and I, uh, along with his partner, Alex, were able to, to work out a transition that would, that would bring the business uh, from the world championship to the FFPC. And that will be our home, uh, be our Las Vegas high stakes home going forward, and we want to uh, enjoy that relationship and, and continue to improve on that uh, as we had pictured doing with the World Championship. So that, in a nutshell, uh, sort of solidifies uh, our situation and, and keeps us moving forward. 
Les Sandlin in the chat room, Sandman's Time, says Mike had more beer bottles on the table than draft picks in Kentucky. Uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. Farrell Elliott is our guest from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. If you have a question for him, give him a call. The phone lines are open. Uh, Farrell, how far uh, do you, from last year or maybe even this year, how, what's, what's the farthest somebody travels? It seems like a, a regional event here in the Midwest, and I could see the framework for this thing kind of bouncing all around the country, maybe having a couple of these regional events all around the country that culminate in these high-stakes national events. We had uh, visitors last year from Pennsylvania, Florida. Of course, some of the guys started here in Kentucky, and and their careers have moved them elsewhere, and they come back. We have a gentleman, a uh, good friend of mine, who's in the music industry, uh, Jeff Joaquin, who will be coming in from Los Angeles. Uh, uh, the godfather of fantasy football, Emil Cadlick, will be playing. Emil Mike draft uh, by distance over the telephone with a facilitator but we're trying to get him on that airplane from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that's the point. We want to bring the best here, and we want to take our best and put them in Las Vegas. So it's uh, it's great to have some of those guys uh, coming in here. I have a, a good friend coming in from uh, Las Vegas to play, so that turnaround is fair play. But we've... Uh, uh, you know, our core and our, our uh, bread and butter is the local player. We have a radio show on ESPN 680 AM uh, every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Uh, Andy Sweeney is the host there, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that uh, we're going to wrap up our preseason of radio show with Scott Atkins coming in and, and visiting with us, and we'll be turning around some of these questions um, to you about what your organization is involved with, so it will be good to, to listen instead of talk. I have a tendency to to start going and never quit. But uh, the uh, the situation with, uh, with our league, uh, it, it's very easy to follow. Our new website, kffsc.com, breaks down a lot of what we're doing. We've got some clever ideas of leagues outside our main event. Yeah. Scott, how'd you like the one that we introduced uh, this week that uh, will allow 12 teams to compete for a separate uh, Vegas spot in 2012 called our Wanna Be in Las Vegas League? We announced it two days ago. It already has seven. Uh, it already has seven participants. Five more will close it out, and I think it might be our fastest filling league in the history. Well, that's a good one. Anything that gets these mid-stakes guys uh, into the world of high-stakes fantasy football is, is, is definitely what drives us here at Red versus Blue. And then, you know, the big payback that you have there looks like a lot of fun. It's got a lot of competition, and that will be uh, – I guess that will seal off the weekend there after all the drafts. I guess is that is that the final draft of the of the weekend? And that, along with the I Want to Be in Vegas League, will draft 30 minutes after the uh, – 30 minutes after the main event, I, I you know, my good friend, uh, Dr. Brian Harwood, called me and said, is there any way I can do both? And I said, Brian, you cannot clone yourself and play in two leagues at once. <laughs> but that's the kind of player we want as a guy that's passionate. You know, we've got four big events that weekend. We've got our Saturday night draft, which is part of the main event. We have our Sunday main event draft. We have the auction, the $300 buy-in auction, uh, which precedes the main event. And then we have our uh, uh, $1,000 big payback league. Those are four four big leagues. We call it the Grand Slam, and we've got about uh, at least three or four guys that, that are playing in all four of them. Uh, Kelly Thompson nice. is a great local player here. He told me, man, he goes, I better not stink on that Sunday because that would be a terrible time to have a bad day. And he's right because he's going with three. He's going with three drafts, and uh, you know he's a good enough player to do well in all of them. I brought uh, at the Fantasy Players Association. Actually, decided we came to uh, the the event last year. Brought uh, one of our board members with us, who he did some uh, interviews before the draft. He did two live interviews at the draft, two audio interviews. Uh, one was with Brad Barger and Jimmy Sanders, who placed second, Royal Flush. And mm-hmm. the second interview he did was we did was with Kim Schleiser, who finished first. So the two interviews we did were with the top uh, two players. 
from last season. I thought that was uh, pretty neat, and we'll definitely get those up on the site. We have a caller here for Farrell, 937. You're on the air with Red versus Blue and Farrell Elliott. Hey, what's up, Scotty and Mike and Farrell? How are you guys doing? Fine, sir. Farrell, I have a question. Um, actually, I just live right up the road from you in Dayton, Ohio, and I was thinking, Scott and I were talking about this earlier, I was thinking that I know you essentially, I think, acquired the championship from someone, and and we were in WCOFF for year one, and I think that the person that started it, uh, I knew, but I can't remember who it is, and so I thought I'd ask the question, how did you go back to your getting involved, and and who was it that started the the whole uh, Kentucky Fantasy League, if you will? That is my good friend Rick Mabry. Uh, Rick started this league nine years ago uh, with 24 players, and he continued to grow the league. Uh, he relocated his business to Nashville, Tennessee, and that, along with some other issues, uh, his two young children and, and obligations, just uh, he, he grew the league to a point where he did not uh, did not have the time to commit to make it move uh, much further. And he uh, he had some great uh, ideas that he employed in the league. And uh, we we have worked with those ideas. Some have gone away. Uh, others we've transitioned to make our to make our league look a little more like uh, what we do, uh, how the leagues function in Las Vegas. And and Rick has remained as a consistent player in the league. He'll be up from Nashville to play, and uh, he's he has not reached the the playoffs in the last two years, and uh, he's he's anxious to. He's anxious to have a little success in in uh, in his baby that he started nine years ago. So so please, if you'd come down and play, uh, we'd get you reacqu- reacquainted with Rick. Uh, that that's a short drive from Dayton. We have several players uh, from the Ohio area that play with us. Talbot Ziegler, uh, a, a great player uh, from Ohio, is uh, coming down. Uh, several others. So. We'd love to add you to the add you to the group. Oh, I love that. I, I I now that you say Rick Mabry, that that name is completely uh, open to me because I, I had forgotten it. It was literally he was in our first WCSF league uh, that we went to, and we got to be friends with him. And he was he was uh, adamant. I remember in Vegas about starting up a league on his own. And, of course, he didn't live far from us. It seems, if I remember right, he lived in Lexington at the time. I could be wrong. But I, I loved that, and I used to talk to him all the time, and I've lost track of him. And as I recall, I kicked his ass in that league. But you might have to ask him about that. But, but no, that's, that's great. He was so supportive um, of our team, and just he was one of the first friends I made, and I've lost touch with him. And I love that you've taken his idea and and his image of what things could be, and created what you have. Well, I appreciate that, and I made Rick a very happy man because I wrote him a pretty big check when I bought the business from him, and uh, you know he. Uh, a, he told me in the first year uh, that I would probably need an unlimited budget, and, you know, I exceeded the unlimited budget uh, in, in expenses. But we finally, you know, it's not about the type of money that you put in a league like this to build it. It's, it's about building relationships. That it, And, you you know, obviously the, Rick made an impression on you because I know it's been several years since he's been out to the world championship. And, you know, that's what we're doing here. I enjoy the the relationships and the players and you know that's all I have one requirement for players if they come here and they respect each other and they have a lot of passion for fantasy football and if they do that then they're doing all I ever ask of. Well, I love that. Now, I got to ask 
Uh, we're trying to look for another league to be in. I don't know. i got to admit, I have not gone and looked on the website. When is your draft? And, by the way, when you talk, the next time you talk to Rick Mabry, say to him the words Rich McClellan and Peerless Price because we have a bet that I don't think he's paid off way back in those days. And I had to have Scott help me remember that. But but when is the draft? And we would think about coming. Is it Does it interfere with any of the big drafts in Vegas? No, sir. We are August 28th. We think we have a great weekend. We're, we're always the last weekend in August. So our Sunday event is the 28th. Our Saturday event is the 27th. We uh, are always the last weekend in August, the first weekend before Labor Day. Les Sandlin uh, from St. Louis, who is who will be in his fourth year in the league, I believe. Les uh, talks to me about how this is a, a great prep work for uh, for what he does in Las Vegas, and and is attributed coming here to uh, preparing him for some of the recent success that he's had. Les had. Uh, Les had some pretty good years last year, and I expect him to continue to do well here. But we uh, we're still accepting uh, we're still accepting applications to play in the league, and and you know we're to the point uh, within about ten days we'll be asking our veteran players if they haven't signed up by then we're going to close it out. But with new players, we'll stretch it out a little bit uh, because the word is still getting around and. You know, with the labor situation, uh, people are just now beginning to turn their minds uh, to looking for, for leagues to play. And, yes, I appreciate that. I wish uh, you would uh, give me a call. I'll, I'll give my number out for any of the listeners. It's 502-523-5057. I try to speak directly uh, with every player that participates in the league before uh, before the season starts, and, and we can answer any questions for you. But the website kffsc.com has the rules, has some pictures, shows you a little bit about how we do things. And yeah, we'd love to have you. Well, I I have one more question because uh, I see all these people in the chat room and I know that most of of them can't read. So, as far as scoring (laughs) systems go, um, again, I have to admit, was this scoring system mimicked after whack off, or if you guys changed it, or exactly what is the scoring system? No, it was not. It was not mimicked. Now it is very, very similar um, to the World Championship and to the FFPC without the uh, without the FFPC's bonus for the tight end receptions. One of the things that's very different in our league is that we will penalize you if you have a defense that that gives up a lot of points. And we will reward you if you have a defense that pitches a shutout. And it makes the defense more of a statistical statistical contributor and not an afterthought. So look at our defensive scoring rules and and look at – we feel it adds strategy to the game. And what you'll see in in our uh, league, in the KFFSC, you'll see defenses begin to come off the board at the 10th round through the 14th round, where in Las Vegas in most leagues – they're usually much later than that. Well, that's great to hear. I think that the defensive rules in fantasy football in general are stupid, and I love to hear that you've made a change there. And it's been great to talk to you, and I'll turn it back to you guys to talk about whatever you want to. Thanks, Farrell. Thank you, sir. Let us hear from you. Yeah, Rich McClellan from the Fantasy Players Association, the managing editor. Hey, look, uh, Farrell, you're a, you're a player at heart still. You're still drafting in these leagues, and I'm. Every league is different. Let's get to some fantasy action and wrap up the program here. Red versus blue draft. They had the FPC draft the other night on on the air. We drafted that live. I just got out of another FPC $150 satellite league, and I saw a guy that was drafted uh, a big name, a big name, a, a, a former first round pick, Michael Turner. In one league, he was drafted two four. In the other league, he was drafted 4-2. Now, wow. which of those spots sounds more appropriate to you for Michael Turner? Definitely 2-4. He's a player that I would probably never draft, but 2-4 is the appropriate position for him. Do you agree? Well, 2-4 uh, seems a little too high for my blood. I would I would prefer him to be somewhere around the 4-2 range, 3-11, something like that. I would still have a hard time Don't drafting be- him, but... Four two yeah, is see, a lot of value for a draft, for a player like Turner. 
if somebody drafts him second, you know, uh, if, if someone drafts him second, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. If he's available that late, I probably wouldn't draft him either. I don't. I don't really like the fact that that he's not going to catch any balls. No. Right. Well, I, I'm just for my two cents worth. He's a he's a definite third rounder. I probably wouldn't take him in the second round, but he's a definite third rounder. Uh, something that I want to uh, touch on real quick, Farrell, and I'm going to uh, give you props real quick. Uh, the reason that I want to say this is because when Scott put me on to your league and I called and you called back and you called back and you said, Hey Mike, how you doing? It was just a, how you doing type deal. And uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's what people like to hear. And, you know, that was awesome, Farrell. And uh, for anybody that wants to, uh, Joining the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, uh, talk to Farrell because he will call you back. Oh, you're not well, kidding. <laughs> that's key. You need you definitely need customer service. Let's get back to fantasy action, Mike. Let's let's give you one. Felix Jones in two of these drafts here. We had Felix Jones. One of them drafted at three twelve. The other one drafted at five three. Where did, what feels more appropriate for Felix Jones from the Cowboys? Three twelve or five three? Uh, 5-3. 5-3. Uh, the only reason I say that, I'm looking at uh, Felix Jones in a mock right here. Uh, pretty good uh, ADP uh, that has him going 5-7. Uh, because you can get, you, you know, you can get, uh, would you rather have Mark Ingram or Felix Jones? Uh, would you rather have uh, D'Angelo Williams or Felix Jones? Uh, you know, with Dallas's offense, uh I'm not so sure. I, I'm, you know, I I can see so many other options that you can have there. For Farrell, I'll give that one to you, Felix Jones. Uh, for the Cowboys, it looks like he's a back that only needs the opportunity. It sounds like with Marion Barber gone, he's going to get that opportunity. The only thing he has to challenge him is a rookie in Demarco Murray, who's never really able to stay healthy at Oklahoma. So, Felix seems like he's been my definition all year long of Shady McCoy light. He's 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 got all the attributes of a Shady McCoy and uh, 50, 60 catches. He's a top ten back. I admire that play. I admire that player a great deal. I question somewhat his availability, but this should be the year that he breaks out. You know, when he came into the league, I was just so hopeful that Dallas would give him the ball more often. He, he was. I remember that first year, he's averaging almost seven yards a carry, and I'm wondering why he's getting so so few carries. Uh, yes, he's available in the fifth round. I'd like to have him, and I'd like to be in business with anyone on the offensive side of the ball at the Dallas Cowboys. Plaxico Burris already has a sprained left ankle. He had a lot of media attention coming on with the Jets. Value in the 13th, Farrell, or do you pass? The other wide receivers there, Jordy, James Jones, Crabtree's been falling to the 13th. You see a Plaxico there in the 13th. Do you take him or do you pass? I'm taking Plexico uh, Burris higher than the 13th, and yes, I'd be I'd be very proud to have that player on my team. That Rich, you still with us, Plexico? Like... Say again, brother. Sorry, Farrell, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying that I, I see the player with uh, eight touchdowns, 60 catches this year. Wow, that would be a that would be a good uh, good season for Plax coming back uh, after not playing for a while. Rich, you still with us? Yes. What do you think about Plaxico in the 13th round? I think <laughs> I think that uh, hi- recent history has shown us that drafting a guy who's recently out of prison is not a bad deal. <laughs> now, I, I can't I can't I can't say that it's going to go forward, but you know, one, the one thing I will say for Burris is just like Vic, um, and let's face it. Being a quarterback is has more sophisticated. Um, uh, it, it, there's more to it. It's more sophisticated. Being a receiver, you go to prison, right? He's big. It's it, you know he's going to be da, a dom, and you got to figure he got to work out the whole time. So I'm thinking that a team that takes him and plays him in the right scenario can really get value out of him. Now, the bad thing is 
is is where will he get drafted? I mean, you just said what the thirteenth. I think that would be great, but I have a sneaking suspicion that his value will go up at, between now and draft day, and I, I guess where that ends up is is the real uh, it's it's the real decision about where whether he's worth it or not. I don't I don't know that he'll go that late. Let's just bounce around the the league here a little bit. Mike, Nashville beat writer doesn't think Chris Johnson will show up in camp at all. So you're sitting there at the the sixth pick, and they let him slide to you. Do you pick him at six, or do you slide and let him him go and take the wide receiver? No, you take him. He's going to be the high-speed running back ever. They're they're going to sign him. Uh, It's it's a no-brainer. You do not let Chris Johnson slide. Farrell, do you feel the same way? Yes, that's correct. These riders, you know, you, you got to remember they're in camp every day. They're looking for news. They got to come up with something. They're bored out of their mind. So he does an article on Chris Johnson. Yeah, Chris, Mike's all over that. Yes, you you got to get in business with Chris Johnson. At the Red versus Blue FPC draft, uh, myself and Perry Van Hook, we took Tim Hightower in the tenth round, and it's looking like that might. Uh, pay some dividends this year, Tim. Tim Hightower in the tenth. Win your league with Timmy Hightower. Conversely, you're getting Wells around the seven-eight turn. Uh, who would you rather have on your fantasy team in 2011, Rich? Beanie Wells or Timmy Hightower? <laughs> That's a bad question to ask me because I live in Ohio, and <laughs> I watched Beanie Wells play for the Buckeyes. For what was that? Seventeen years. Uh, okay, maybe it was a year and a half. I'll say this: he, anybody that's an Ohio State fan will tell you exactly what I'm saying. He, Beanie Wells would break off a 35-yard run, go out of bounds, no one would touch him, and then he would put his finger up and ask for a replacement. Now, all I can say, all I can say about Beanie Wells is from watching him from day one as a player at Ohio State, he was, um, I'll, 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 be, I'll, I'll wuss out and say the word wuss. He was never a tough player at Ohio State. I always questioned how he would do. He, you know, he's this big physical player. He'd make a run and run through three guys, make a 25-yard run, and then ask out of the game. So I have no, got to say, no respect for Beanie Wells. I didn't have it for him then. He'd make these big plays, but then he would ask out of the game, and I just can't believe that he's going to all of a sudden be different in the pros. So, So what you're saying is you would rather have Tim Hightower out of Washington versus Beanie Wells for Arizona. If you had those two players in front of you, Beanie Wells, Tim Hightower, who would you take? All right. I tried to avoid that question, Mike. Thank you for bringing it back. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to avoid that question. I, I, of course, it would completely matter about the two situations uh, a few weeks from now. Is Beanie going to start or not? And is Hightower going to start or not? But I will say this. If you gave me the choice of which guy would try harder and be more consistent, I would take Hightower every time. Yeah, I want nothing to do with Beanie Wells. Had him last year. Don't want anything to do with him this year. I think Ryan Williams is the better back, and I don't think it will take him long to uh, to prove that. Look, we are short on time on the program. Farrell Elliott from the KFFSC. It's KFFSC.com. Check it out. You still have a little bit of time to sign up, but I know the doors are closing soon, so definitely get a hold of Farrell. He's easily accessible. Check out the website. You get his number. You shoot him an email, and he will get back with you. Farrell, thanks for being on Red vs. Blue, man. We will see you in Kentucky. Thanks, Farrell. My pleasure, gentlemen. Talk to you soon. All All right, right, guys. Listen, Farrell was a a great guest. Can't wait to be in uh, Kentucky. But remember, guys, how do you win your league? If you look back at last year, it was Michael Vick. It was Peyton Hillis. It was Darren McFadden. It was Arian Foster. You need to be taking these draft boards and looking in the the, the fifth, sixth, tenth rounds, finding these guys that are sitting here waiting for you. Uh, 
Cowboy fans, bigger season. I don't know if it's going to be Austin or Witten or Des Bryant, but it's the guys that are the fifth to tenth round picks that are going to win you your league, and it's going to give you the, the chance to dominate and make some big money in Vegas. Mike, always a great show with you. Good luck next Friday on your quest for 36 holes. Rich, thank you for being a part of Red vs. Blue. Thanks, we will Rich. see you guys next week. Uh, we will have uh, another big show at Red vs. Blue, another big draft coming up in the big payback. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, crew. It's chat room. We'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.